often we leave ourselves behind in the pursuit of this world. The acknowledgement, acceptance, and love of our true core self is rarely present, but it is the order of the day. Hi, my name is Asia, but you can call me Mawaya. And Mawaya stands for meet you where you are. And in this space, I want you to be able to look at yourself without fear, without hate, and without judgment. Transform the inside so as to transform your outside. Let's get it in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Chat Saturdays. It's your host, Mawaya, and I'm glad that you're here. So today, I want to talk about this new movement of I don't dream of labor, the whole movement towards entrepreneurship, and what Kim K had to say about that. (laughs) All right, so if you haven't heard about this movement, I don't dream of labor, it was coined by, of course, Gen Z, the generation that is continuing the torch of breaking down all social norms. And that's appropriate and it makes sense. It's the the last generation, Gen Z, of the alphabet. That's very symbolic before we go back to the alpha. So, of course, things have to break down before we can rebuild them. So, I don't, uh, the I Don't Dream of Labor movement stems from the idea of having to work to live. Reprioritizing our happiness and it's not based on a job. You know, when we had the phrases called dream jobs and things like that, I think Gen Z has woken up to the fact that a lot of jobs are not dream jobs and a lot of us never actually get to work in a dream job. So hence, I don't dream of labor. I don't dream of a job. Um, And I love this movement. I appreciate Gen Z so much. First of all, like all of the young you know millennials got a bad rap gen z's got a bad gonna you know got a bad rap and of course that's just the natural trend of getting older and looking at young folks and what they're doing and how they're doing it differently but i appreciate gen z so much because i think that millennials was the beginning of getting the short what's this what's the saying short stick short end of the stick You know, millennials were just entering the job market back in 2008 when we had that recession. And that was when we first realized like, oh, um, so the promise of going to school, getting into all this debt and then getting promised a job uh, that's supposed to pay off this debt is not a thing because obviously there are corporations that can just gamble with our lives and, and, you know, do short betting against you know the market and things like that so it's kind of like oh well the American dream is a lie it is a dream it's a pipe dream and so the millennials really got woken up to that and yet we still you know that's this is all we knew all we knew was go to go to college and get a job and follow the path the path that gen x and boomers and beyond uh before us have followed and so when we got that wake-up call of inevitably this thought pattern and this reckoning this realization is going to pass down to generations after us because now something has to be done something different has to be done we can't 
be in an insanity loop when it comes to this, thinking that it's going to improve itself when capitalism has shown us that that is not the case. When left alone, capitalism uh, is self-destructive. So something different has to be done. Hence, the pendulum swing swings in the opposite direction of, I don't dream of labor. I don't want to work. I'm over it. And I wonder if this is where Kim Kardashian got her infamous uh, quote from, or she's now quoted <laughs> infamously um, when she was asked to give advice to women in business. So I'm gonna let y'all hear uh, a snippet of that real quick, and then I'm gonna come back um, with the thoughts on it. I have the best advice for women in business. Get your up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. You That's to, so true. You have to surround yeah. yourself with people that want to work. Have a good work environment where everyone loves what they do because you have one life. No toxic work environments and show up and do the work. Okay, so y'all heard what she had to say, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you could tell that she was being real in that moment because sometimes Kim comes off very fake and polished, I guess, and almost infant-like to me but you could tell that she has been jaded she had, and from for me she, this comment wasn't actually directed towards women in business because if you have your own business I mean it's all up to you to make it or break it so either you have a business or you don't have a business I think her irritation stems from the people that she hired into her business and you know that's gonna be like the minimum wage workers that's gonna be like your low-level workers and we mean low level in the sense of their positioning in the company not necessarily the work that they do because um, everything if you own a business you know every position is valuable and is needed but I'm pretty sure that's how that's the vibe that I got I got I was like she's not talking about business women she's talking about the people that you hire into your business not wanting to work and so I get the frustration, you know, I understand I've, I've, you know, been in, I worked in HR, so y'all know that by now and hiring people and retaining work, uh, retaining workers is difficult, especially when it's not, they're not paid enough to actually sustain their life. So they're having to work multiple jobs. They have competing priorities and this whole movement of going towards entrepreneurship, owning your business. It's like, no, I don't want to commit myself to somebody else's vision full time. That's not something I want to do. I have my own vision. I have my own things that I want to do. And honestly, you are lucky if you do have that vision, if you do have a sense of direction that you want to go into, because then you can maneuver in the job market with a purpose and not, you know, that there's a, um, it's a means to an end to help you through your vision, to see your vision through. But I'll more on that a little bit later. So you have a whole generation that's entering the workforce that is very pressed on doing only things that they enjoy. Now, I'm an idealist at heart. I, you know, life will give you all the drop of realism real quick. So, you know, gotta find a balance. But I do subscribe to the belief that you should do things that you enjoy. And that's not to say that the things that you enjoy don't come with setbacks, they don't come with their own set of challenges that you have to work through, and that it's gonna be 100% something that you wanna do. 
if you you know if you wanted to open up your own business there are going to be parts of that business that you don't want to do maybe you're not into the marketing maybe you're not into doing sales maybe you just really like to produce the product or deliver the service but everything else that comes with that that every business owner starting out knows that they have to pretty much work every uh aspect of their business one to just be a good owner because if you don't know what's going on then how can you train people bring them on hire them so it just makes you a well-rounded person a well-rounded business owner but also you just may not have the capital to hire people so i digress but having a, a generation where they want to do things on their own terms the market really should pay attention to that and really should take that into consideration you should not have to do things that you don't want to do especially when the model is the American dream, you you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps and make something happen. If that's the dream that they wanna to sell to us, then it needs to be on the people's terms and the people are speaking. Gen Z is, go, is the future and their children and their children and these values that we are restructuring and reorganizing is gonna filter down to our children, especially if we can make it work. So we, we're seeing a time where more and more entrepreneurs are coming out of you know the woodwork. They're learning about the business structure. They're learning how to get funding. This knowledge isn't just being held to the, to the top percent. This knowledge isn't just being passed down to wealthy families. The, with the internet, this knowledge of how to really build wealth is getting to the common person. And that should be a thing because what makes a good what the difference between any person on this planet is their will to actually execute. You can give two people the same amount of knowledge and only one person, you know, with the same, with the willpower and the drive and the motivation will actually see it come to, to life. That's why this knowledge should be free because there's no guarantee of success just because you have the knowledge. So it's like, there's a push going towards entrepreneurship or finding your own lane and making that fit. Now, like I said, those are the lucky ones. Those are the ones that have a drive and motivation. But this is this idea of I don't dream of labor is even filtering down to those who don't necessarily want to own their own business or they don't have the motivation to be an entrepreneur, but they just don't want to do what they don't want to do. Now, I can hear the older generation and, and even people of my generation, the millennial generation, and even maybe in some Gen Z perspective of like, well, that's not realistic. You can't just not do what you don't want to do. And I would say in this current situation that we have going on with capitalism and how everything costs money to live, there is truth to that. You are going to have to do certain things that you don't want to do if you want to eat if you want to have a roof over your head, if you want to, you know, that's pretty much the basics. You don't necessarily have to have a car. You can walk to different places or you can bike to different places. But even those take money because you got to have clothes, you got to have proper shoes. You got to, if you want to buy a bike, those aren't cheap if you want to get a good one. So it's, life costs money. So when we are competing with the idea that I don't dream of labor, I don't want to do anything that I don't want to do. How do we mold society to fit that instead of forcing people to fit into a dysfunctional society? Even if you think that thought process is dysfunctional, 
let's see if they can make it work you know I feel like this is pretty new and who who are we to say that that is not something that can be successful if that's not something that can be accommodated and integrated into society because if anything we can look at the current situation and we know that we are miserable we know that we're tired exhausted especially in this American society where work 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 is the order of the day there's no such thing as taking a break Hustle culture has completely toxified every aspect of living. If you're not hustling, then what are you doing? You're not providing value. You have no value. Is the is the the conversation is the uh, sign and signals that's being given to us? So either you're hustling or you are working for somebody else, and both of those don't feel good. Not to Gen Z, based on this movement. So what do we do with that? Is that something that can be realistic? And I feel like we should give that a chance. What does that look like? I don't want to do what I don't want to do. And it's a huge overhaul, but it always starts in childhood. Everything starts in childhood. Everything, everything, everything. So everything starts in childhood. And this is where you get into a uh, those unique schools, daycares, uh development centers where you allow the child to show you what it what he or she is interested in you provide them with many opportunities whether it be gardening whether whether it be building something and you know in a fun way of course you make it fun and like a game when it's when because everything is about play when you're younger but you allow the natural interest of the child to inform you what they want to do and then you provide an avenue for them to continue to pursue that for the rest of their life so that you don't have a fish trying to learn how to fly. I know y'all have heard that that uh, little saying, of, you know, a fish feeling basically shitty about itself because he's surrounded by birds and he's like, well, why can't I fly? There must be something wrong with me. And it's like, no, there's something wrong with your environment. You're in the wrong environment. You were given the wrong tools. Yeah, you can't succeed but put a bird in some water and you will show you will show them you will show out so it's like we have to we we have to rehaul this whole thought process and that takes generations right i mean really could start pretty quickly you could start with the current generation the alpha generation that's already here i mean they're the alpha why not take that synchronicity and make something happen with it right so the whole thing about I don't dream of labor, I don't want to do what I don't want to do, I don't want to work to live, you know, that's another aspect of that um, that we'll touch on. But when you have that thought process, it's like, why aren't we creating society to fit our needs, our evolving needs? Why are we forcing people, naturally evolving beings, to fit into a mold that is outdated? Everybody can see it. And yet we still go along like zombies and just do what we were told to do. But there are examples um, in this nation specifically that are doing things differently. And it's going to catch on like wildfire because I do believe that this is the new way that we should be treating ourselves we should take ourselves seri more seriously than these structures that we're building the structures that we're building should be always questioned and reworked and revamped not the individual 
the individual should not be deemed, uh, you know, a fish out of water or should not be forced to be out of water. This is, this is going back to self-love, loving ourselves as a species instead of being in a freaking insanity loop. How, you know, how organic are you is the question. Because if you are a true organic person, then you, then the grace that's needed, the natural evolution of the psyche and the human condition should be prioritized and should be, uh, what's the word? Cultivated. Not the other way around. So let's take this, you know, go on to the second part of that. I don't dream of labor, which is, I don't want to work to live. Now that whole model is something very interesting to me because I have said for for a long time, like, <laughs> yo, I feel like, I, anyways, for a long time, <laughs> I was gonna go down a whole rabbit hole. But I knew from a early age that this whole system was BS. The way we have everything structured was BS. It, it doesn't work. Everything is counterintuitive to the human condition, to the natural way that we are. Everything is opposite of that. And that includes monetizing our natural needs. Now, don't get me wrong. I know to be able to supply things on a large scale, it costs money. But we subsidize the wrong things. We're subsidizing feed or farmers to produce feed for animals instead of subsidizing farmers to feed humans. Why is that? We subsidize meat and not to, you know, come down on meat. I'm not going to yuck your yum, but we subsidize something that has caused a lot of health issues in people. Not everybody needs to be eating meat. A lot of people can eat meat, but a lot of people should not be eating meat. And But we subsidize meat, but we don't subsidize vegetables. Things that we know are healthy. That's pretty much universal. There's no debate that vegetables and fruits are healthy for you. Now, we can argue about the quantity, the how do we pair these fruits and vegetables and and legumes together and what's the healthiest combination but i think we can all agree that fruits and vegetables are are pretty much the pinnacle of healthy eating clean eating so why isn't that subsidized so that it's affordable so that people feel like that's an option for them versus processed foods why do we prize pharmaceutical drugs and reactive medication versus preventative medication. It just is funny, right? It's very weird and suspicious when you, if you think too long about it, which you're conditioned not to, you're conditioned to think about things maybe about 10 seconds and then squirrel. <laughs> so not wanting to work to live. So we can define living as having uh, adequate shelter. Not these big, huge, you know, houses with like 10 rooms or even five bedrooms, unless you have a big family, but you know, aspiring to just have shelter over you that's adequate for you and your family. So we say shelter is pretty, pretty necessary to live. I say that that's necessary. Food. 
I say that you definitely need food to live. Food and sustenance, so water. Things that fuel your body and fuel your cells. That's pretty necessary to live. Let's see, what else is necessary to live that we don't prioritize or just overly price? I would say some, because of the way that we eat, we're going to have sicknesses and just genetics too. So it's not necessarily always about your intake. You could just have, you know, poor genetics and your environment brings out certain uh, expressions of that, of that gene. So you have people who are just going to naturally be sicker than others. Why, why is their medication, you know, so expensive? Why are EpiPens so expensive? Now, I know that there's debate about when allergies actually develop and how they develop, but at the end of the day, it's very easy to for children to develop certain allergies. Why are EpiPens extremely more expensive than any other country? But it's life, but it's necessary to live. It's life-saving. So, you know what is cheap? McDonald's, alcohol, things that we don't need, but we, you know, may want, but we don't need them to live. So when we're talking about working to live, it's like those basic things, those basic uh, necessities, which is, which is shelter and food and education. That's another one. Why do you have to pay lunch money? <laughs> you know, you, we pay taxes to schools, but yet we got to also pay for the food. It sounds to me that citizens are once again supplementing something that the government has promised to take care of. But okay, I digress on that. <laughs> so our priorities are all out of whack. Our if we want to, if we work, it should be, and we decide to trade our bodies for money. That should be to elevate our life beyond the basic standard, in my opinion. That should be, you know, the harder you work, the higher your lifestyle expectations should be. Not the basic minimum. Basic minimum should be housing, education, and food. One, and that's baseline taken care of so that the person who doesn't want to work, they don't really, they want to have like a meek life and they don't want much, much for themselves outside of the basic necessities. They shouldn't have to be made to work 40 hours a week or for $10 an hour. But they can be based in doing things that they're freed up to do things that their soul is calling them to do. Now, this is based on the premise that our natural inclinations for doing things is a soul purpose, is a purpose that furthers humanity, is valuable. Have you looked at a painting that made you want to cry, that spoke to you so deeply? Have you listened to a song that just like spoke to your soul? Well, somebody had to be following their purpose in order to even produce some beautiful art like that. Given the opportunity, people will not just sleep the day away forever and never do anything. People think that that's what would happen because we are in such an extreme side of things where we are exhausted. So I can see people saying, I just wanna sleep for the next 10 years. But realistically, given the opportunity, the space and the freedom, people would naturally contribute to society, whether it be building houses, whether it be gardening and making sure food is continuously sustained, whether it be teaching the children, teaching the adults, 
people have natural inclinations towards things that actually would uh, give back to society. And it will be valuable because it will be something that they want to do. They will have the natural inclination to want to learn more about it or to teach it, to mentor. They will have the natural inclination to become better at it, to refine their skills because they are doing what they want to do. Now, of course, I always want to hear your opinion on this. Um, I definitely want to hear people who do not think the same way that I think. We can have a healthy dialogue about it. But this is where I, this is how I see it. I feel like we can integrate this whole idea of I don't dream of labor and it's going to happen because if y'all have noticed after this, pan, you know, I guess we still in the pandemic, but you know, now that things in America has pretty much calmed down, people are feeling more confident to go out. They all, you know, everybody's boosted up and all that stuff. Have you noticed that everywhere is hiring everywhere? So that led me to two questions or two thoughts. One, did people disappear? <laughs> Where did all the people go? Why is every single place hiring? And it, from retail to fast food, everywhere is hiring. So either people have disappeared or probably much more realistically, people are wanting to do their own thing. They don't want to work for somebody, especially if it's just $15 an hour or less. That's not sustainable. And with inflation, are you kidding me? Nobody can afford to live like that and be able to work one job and be able to raise a family and be able to take care of themselves. So it's almost like because wages haven't really uh, kept up with inflation, it's almost like they want you to be drained, depleted, distracted because it keeps that system going. It keeps you from questioning if there is another way. But Gen Z is coming in like a wrecking ball and it's like, I don't have the energy anymore. They are a reflection of all of our exhaustion that we have felt trying to keep up with this system that did not want to keep up with us. And we got to look at that reflection. And you can be, you can say, oh, they're, they're just lazy. They're this and this, but you're holding them to a standard that you did not want to meet because you know you're exhausted. You know it's effed up that you got to work 10 jobs to support yourself and your family. And don't let anybody shame you for even having a family because that's a natural human con uh, condition. That's a natural human want to have a family. So are we now forced to be like, I'm not gonna have a family. I'm not gonna have any kids. It's like the system wants to rip us away from having natural, organic human experiences. And Gen Z is like, no, we're done. We're tired. We're over this. I don't dream of labor. <laughs> we should listen instead of critique. Stop trying to force people into the path that you were forced into and revel in the fact that things could change. It takes a brave person to believe in something different, to see something different, to have a vision. Because if we did not have capitalism as it is, what would we be doing? When you were born into this world, let's say, let's go back like 
thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years like before societies were as big as they were when you were just you know hunting for your food building your structures uh, by hand you know having time to relax when you were born into that world you aren't shamed for not working eight to ten hours a day and then having hobbies and being social and trying to have a social life you weren't shamed for that it was natural to be able to be social because you had time yes things took time to build a house to build structures and things that work for the society irrigation systems and things like that that takes time but you could bet that those people were not working around the clock and killing themselves to do that now of course there's nuances in everything so you know these are extreme statements there's nuances in everything so take it take what i'm saying with that knowledge but it was nowhere near the amount of uh effort and exhaustion that we have today this is unsustainable it's shaky and it's not realistic it's more realistic to say i'm done i quit i'm not doing anything than it is to keep going the way we are going because we are in a, in a sanity loop that we are, and we're walking towards the cliff so i feel you gen z i don't dream of labor either but there is a there is a way out and be able to balance this thought as society is shifting because right now we're not there Gen Z millennials need to be in office. We need to be making decisions in order for this to really get some momentum behind it. So in the meantime, um, find something that speaks to a part of you. With the, the, the creation of the internet and being able to make money online, find something that you can do that is of service to others. That's the whole basis of entrepreneurship. How can you solve somebody else's problem? How can you be of service to them? How can you elevate them? And at the same time, you, of course, you're going to have to balance that. You're going to have to do multiple things until you're able to strictly sustain yourself on one thing if you want that. But that's even contrary to the human condition because we like to do a lot of different things. We are multifaceted and have many different interests. So try to find work that actually does interest you. That is an effort, but it's an effort worth doing. Like I said, not everything is going to feel good about taking this path. Not everything is going to be hunky-dory. But I do believe that it will be better than the, the what we got going on right now. So let me know your thoughts on this. Let me know your thoughts on I don't dream of labor. Are you do you subscribe to this movement? Do you think that it's crazy, unrealistic? Where do you fall on this spectrum? I want to hear from people who are older. I want to hear from, you know, Gen Z folks. Um, if you're younger than Gen Z, if you're part of the alpha. I'm not sure when that started, but I think y'all are old enough. Y'all, you know, I think y'all are like probably in your preteens. I want to know like how people are feeling about this because this is a new this is another wave and I don't think that it's a trend. I think that it is going to be something that we continuously talk about. If you look at how millennials have already transformed the workplace where wearing suits all the time is not no, who cares? Having tattoos and and stretched ears is not that big of a deal anymore. Having nose piercings 
it's not that big of a deal anymore. Now, it probably does depend on your industry. So if you can't walk into a courtroom, if you're going to be a lawyer and just dress however you want to, there are certain traditions that I, you know, I do agree that we should keep it very polished. But in most cases, if you're just working in an office, you know, business casual is, is good for me. I understand the idea behind dressing, how you want to feel, dressing for success. So, you know, everybody can have their different differing opinions on that. But we have transformed the workplace. We've even transformed how employers uh, understand us because they now understand that we don't have to be loyal to them. We are not our parents. We don't stay on jobs for 20 to 30 years in order to get a pension because we, we realized that, that there's no guarantee. A, a company can go bankrupt and pensions wiped out. That's what happened in 2008. So why will we be loyal to you? And you give us nothing in return, no guarantees in return. And as millennials are figuring out who they are and what they actually like to do, it's gonna continue in that way. It's like, this is not feeding my soul. So that's my litmus test and you, and you don't meet it. So I'm gone, I'm deuces. Everyone's hiring, so I'm just gonna find somewhere else to be. Um, you know, so millennials have already started to transform the workplace into a little bit more freeing, understanding that if we're going to spend eight hours of our lives here, five days a week, six days a week, then this place needs to feel good. We need to have, uh, uh, scooters inside. We need to be, you know, coffee machines and we need to be able to play ping pong and, you know, have a nap area, like things like that. Those little things that say, I'm gonna take care of you with your human condition. You are not a robot. You are a human being. And I know that conversation might, you know, that's a whole different conversation about robots taking over jobs and if that's a good or bad thing or a necessary thing. But right now we are not robots, we are humans. And we need to cultivate what is natural to us and not what is <laughs> set up and structured for us. So let me know your thoughts on this. Um, you can always uh, connect with me um, via email. Let me know your thoughts, your comments, or your questions at tribe, tribe.com. You can also connect with me on uh, different social media platforms at Tribe. I would love to hear from you. And um, thank you for listening in. I will see y'all or talk to y'all next week. Happy journeying. <laughs>